My name is Mike, 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 Dark, 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 Dark. And I am Richard Wag, Wag, Wagoner. We're back. It's a Thanksgiving week edition of Radio Waves. My name is Mike Stark. It's Richard Wagoner. And we are thankful you are with us this week. Not a lot going on in the uh, radio world, but uh, we did lose uh, a radio great. And, you know, we tend to talk about the people that were on the air. And when they pass away, we we do tributes to them. But this is a gentleman that uh, was behind the scenes. Most people will not recognize his name, but he was really important to L.A. radio. And we're talking about Wally Clark, who passed away at the age of 84 on November 14th. Fill us in, Richard, on what uh, Wally was all about. Well, it's kind of funny because I met him almost accidentally. There was a uh, meeting of people uh, in the valley somewhere. We were kind of going through a uh, guy's house. It's a famous house, if you know what I'm talking about. He collects records, and he has every number one record, or maybe it's everything that hit the Billboard chart from 1955 on. And he just happened to be there, and I just happened to be sitting down for lunch, and I turned and talked to him and found out who he was. And he was the most uh, genuinely nice person uh, that I had met in a long time, and it was just such a pleasure getting to know him. And he told me stories about the, his time at Kiss FM and how he kind of held off Gannett from being troubled by the fact that he was going over budget by two, three, or four times the amount for their promotions. Let's talk a little bit about Kiss prior to Wally's arrival. Well, that was an interesting station. A lot of people are remembering. What I was remembering, which is actually wrong, I don't know if you remember the old days of disco, when they were Kiss FM disco. Right. Uh, you know, before that, of course, KKDJ, but they they evolved over the years to to become kind of an all disco station, and then they kind of changed over when Rick Dees left KHJ and went over to Kiss FM, and a lot of people equate that with when Kiss brought back Top Forty, but if you listen to the early days of Rick Dees. It was a terrible station. He's playing <laughs> these slow hits that made KFI sound really exciting during their time, right before they went talk. One of their DJs saying that KFI had to play uh, traffic reports because everyone falls asleep listening to their music and crashes. That's funny. <laughs> it's kind of that that type of thing on, on KISS. So by the time Wally Clark gets in there, and I, I don't know the details. I think he just happened to be hired when he and uh, Jerry DeFrancisco got hired on as the program director. I think it all just kind of melded together. And Wally was one of those general managers that basically acted interference for corporate. He let he, he got good people with him, whether he hired them or he worked with them. He right. let them do their job. If they were doing a good job, he would just... He would protect them to the end. And he was just one of those guys that saw things in people that I think others might miss there. It sounds like he trusted his people, too. Yeah, yeah. I've never actually heard a bad word about him. Now, maybe I missed it, but I've never actually heard uh, bad things. And when I was talking to him, he had only positive things to say about his time at KISS FM, his time with Gannett, um, the things he did with Rick Dees. He's the uh, reason behind... um, the Rick D's top 30 countdown. Mm. 
And that was during a time when Casey Kasem was negotiating with uh, who was the distributor at the time? Watermark. Yeah. And uh, and he saw an opening, so he says, "Well, we have this talented young man." So the Rick D's Weekly Top Thirty was born, and he helped get it onto different stations and promote it. Yeah, and as you point out in your article this week, he spent a lot of money on promotion to the point where the corporate people were always uh, wondering why he kept going over budget. But that was part of the magic of KISS was they had a lot of contests, they had a lot of promotions going on at the time, and and, and it, it seemed to pay off. Yep, that was the closest thing to the old style top 40 radio that you could get. And I think that they did a spectacular job. I think without Wally Clark being there and and the entire team, I don't want to take away the, the rest of the team's credit because they were all very talented people. Sure. But without them there, I don't think there would be a Kiss FM today. Mm, wow. They set the pace. And I don't want to say that they're living on the past now uh, but to a certain extent they are because kiss fm was just so big it's almost one of those things that just can't die and when you think about how long it's been it was 1983 when they started hitting it really big and wally was right in the middle of all of that and then he went on to become a consultant right? yeah yeah he started wally clark consultants um i would like to know a little bit more about the timing because if you remember um Power 106 came along, mm. and I want to say it was at the beginning of 1986, and Wally Clark happened to start his consultancy company in 1985, mm. if you And then I think he actually left KISS in 1986. So I'm trying to think, was it because he saw the writing on the wall, or did they decline because he wasn't as actively involved? And by right. that time, they had gone through a couple program directors, I think. So that might have been an effect, too. I do remember writing about it because that was when I first started writing the column that I felt KISS FM was actually overreacting to Power 106. Oh, they okay. To, they were trying to respond to the competition by kind of becoming them. Right. And that doesn't work. You have to you have to maintain your style. You have to modernize as much as you can, but you can't just take their music and pretend you're playing it the entire time. Now, the other interesting thing that you wrote about is that in a lot of ways, Wally helped Howard Stern skyrocket his career. What's the history of that? He uh, was apparently one of the people who hired him at at an early age, one of his first stations that he worked at. It might have been the first station. Wow. And then he later on helped get him onto a station at Washington right before he got back into uh, New York at WNBC, which I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Yes, you did. (laughs) There you go. Uh, I'd like to get Howard Stern on. Let's just call him and see if he'll come on the show. Yeah, sure he will. I'd love to know his memories of of Wally Clark just because I'm sure he he can have some inside information on things that no one else knows about. Well, that's really interesting. Now, the only other part of your column this week is you're in continuous search of more Christmas music. Oh, yeah. Yes. KUSC is doing an online stream. Classical <laughs> Christmas. Uh, it was really funny because one of the uh, people from the station wrote to me saying, hey, does streaming count? We've been doing this. I said, ah, oh, sure. There you go. And you gave him, gave him a plug. So, if uh, you could look at last week's column and then combine it with this, you got plenty of Christmas music. And probably more next week. Yeah, probably so. All right. Well, that, that should do it for this week's edition of Radio Waves. Have a great Thanksgiving. 
And we'll see you again next week on Radio Waves. <laughs>